Hello and welcome to Family Renewal. I'm Israel Wayne, your host. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as we take a look at faith, family, and culture, all through the lenses of a biblical worldview. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Family Renewal Podcast. Today's recording is going to be a little bit different because we're going to be talking about music, faith, and family with Bobby Bowen of the Bobby Bowen Family Band. And I actually have, for those of you in Radio Land, you can't see my t-shirt, but I have the Bobby Bowen Family Band t-shirt, uh, cool, cool merch here that I'm uh, wearing for the for the podcast and uh, Bobby, welcome to the show. Thanks, Israel. And you know what? This was not planned at all that I would wear the same T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm grateful you're here, and I want to introduce you, let people know a little bit about you. Um, Bobby, actually, and and here's the here's the thing about introductions. Um, when I give introductions. Uh, you actually may win awards that you've never won. You may get degrees that you didn't know you had. Um, and then you can, you can modify all of that if you want to, or just keep it, right? So, so yeah. I'll give you my version of the, uh, uh, of the introduction of, of your history. So uh, Bobby, for many years, was bass player and lead singer of a group called Mid-South, which if you go way back in the 1980s, uh, was Mid-South Boys. And they had their roots in Southern Gospel. Uh, that was where they were first finding radio airplay. I remember in the mid-1980s, my older sister, Sony, who was a Southern Gospel aficionado, and actually has a blog on Southern Gospel music, uh, she, she would listen to a little radio station, uh, I think it was called WTRM, somewhere in West Virginia. And they played a ton of your stuff. And uh, then I think I first connected with you uh, musically, probably somewhere around 1990, um, when I moved to Texas, fall of 1990, Word Music Publishing was there, and they actually were dumping cassette tapes at that time because CDs were coming out. Yeah, and so you could buy cassette tapes from them for like 50 cents or something like that, direct <laughs> from the warehouse. Yeah, and so you had a couple of uh, cassette tapes with them at that time, uh, and then, and then really for you guys, um, the the '90s I think were the heyday of mid south. I mean, it just felt like things took off. Uh, you did the song Tabernacle, which was a, a massive hit, and radio was playing with this new format of music at the time. Uh, they were trying to figure out how to appeal to the country music audience that wanted something other than just barroom, fighting, drinking, cussing songs. And yeah. so there was a Christian country market that came out, but there was also positive country and there was inspirational country. Right. And they were trying to develop uh, different radio mm -hmm. formats for all of these uh, options with different charts and so forth. And, you know, you guys... Um, I'll just throw this out there because, um, I, you know, I know somebody will probably disagree with me, but my subjective personal opinion is I think Mid-South was the best of the best. And there are a lot of great groups out there, so I don't mean to demean anybody yeah. else. But in terms of Christian country, 
just from a professionalism standpoint, uh, you guys were tight. I mean, that, that band was, especially in the 90s, was just really, on, you're on your A game. And so you put out a ton of great music, uh, won a Dove Award for country record, Christian Country Recorded Song of the Year with Without You, I Haven't Got a Prayer. Um, just had a, a very successful career on the road, traveling, you know, all over the place, just playing all kinds of venues, lots of opportunities. I'm sure you, you'll have stories for life just from the travels that you did with Mid-South. But then as as it does, life took a turn for you. And I think somewhere around 1997, Mid-South ended up disbanding. And you found uh, not a new career, but a new um, new focus in, in family that you hadn't been able to experience in the same way before. Why don't you pick up the story there and tell me uh, what happened in 97 when you kind of go off the road, uh, you've, you've lived your dream of being a musician, traveling on the road, and then all of a sudden life throws you a curveball. P- pick it up there, Bobby. What, what was that like for you? Well, Israel, I, why are you interviewing me? You know all my story. <laughs> <laughs> you've been doing your whole work, man. <laughs> no, I'd say uh, being with Mid-South was, uh, was a dream come true. And, uh, you know, when I was just a kid, I always dreamed of uh, getting on a big old bus and traveling all over the country and singing gospel music. And, and the Bible tells us that the Lord gives us the desires of our hearts. And uh, it was my desire. And uh, soon, you know, right after I graduated from high school, about six months after that, uh, the opportunity came uh, for me to join the Mid-South Boys Quartet back then, which quartet music wasn't my thing, but uh, I thought, man, I'm going to do this, and uh, this could be a stepping stone that I could use to maybe go with somebody else that was more my style of music, which was a country gospel style back then. But I uh, ended up staying with Mid-South for 17 year, or 15 years and uh, saw it all, to, all the way to the end in 97. And what happened in 97 was... Uh, we had signed with Warner Brothers Records in '94. Uh, we had been with Word Records, like you said, before that, and our contract ran out with Word, and they didn't re-sign us. And so we did three projects with Word, and uh, after the third one was done and everything, they decided to, to release us. And so Warner picked us up. We did two projects with Warner. Uh, the song you were talking about, uh, "Without You, Haven't Got a Prayer," uh, was a big song for us that crossed over into pop radio was playing on the same format with uh, Stevie Wonder, Chicago, the Eagles, Madonna, you know, all those kind of groups back then. It actually was on the charts uh, at number 23. It debuted on the Billboard uh, top 40 pop charts, charts at number 23 back then. That was a big deal for us because there huge. we were right, right in the chart between Madonna and Stevie Wonder. And it's like, what, what is mid South doing on a chart like this? <laughs> but, uh, we had some great success. The song, uh, we did a video on the song that played on CMT. He probably still does about four in the morning. If you might want to stay up and catch it. Uh, VH1. I mean, it was everywhere. Uh, we had, uh, they made, remember the old Muzak elevator music, you know, they used to do instrumental music of, uh, big pop hits. They actually did that song and made elevator music out of it. And, wow. uh, we could be at a, at a restaurant or a supermarket somewhere. And all of a sudden that thing would start playing in the in, you know, speakers in the ceiling. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to stop and yell, that's our song. Let's listen to that. You know, it was a, a big deal, uh, yeah. was going on. And, uh, it did win a, a double award for country recorded song of the year, 95. So things were just popping. Things were happening. 
our record label uh, was starting to put a lot of money into promotion, promoting the song and, and Warner Brothers in Los Angeles uh, was the one that a- actually instigated, uh, they were the pop label over there. They wanted to re- release the song to pop radio. And so uh, we were at the point, uh, they told us that if your song hits the top 20, that's when things really start turning around for you. That's when you get, uh, you start going on back, back, back then. Uh, the big uh, talk, late night talk shows were uh, Jay Leno and, and, uh, and David Letterman. And we were going to be on those shows, you know, if it hit the top 20, which they were getting ready to do a big push to, to get it to get up in the top 20. And uh, for some reason, I don't know what happened, but uh, the record label here in Nashville, decided they didn't want to put any more money into it and they just kind of dropped the ball on it and uh there was no more promotion on it it started falling off the charts and that was it we recorded one more project with with warner after that uh we did one song that we made a video on that played on cmt and uh after that song and everything was over with they decided to drop us and uh you know i really don't know why uh that's still one of those questions that we've never been answered other yeah. than it must have been God's plan, because I think uh, I think He knew. Well, He knows everything, but I think it saved us mm. from things that could come. You know, worldly things to come. Uh, being on those shows and and uh, hobnobbing with the big, you know, the big wigs in secular music and all that, it could have steered us in the wrong direction. So I feel like the Lord saved us. You know, it could. You know. Uh, a lot of people don't know, but when you're when you sing on a stage, I don't care if it's Christian music, rock music, country music. There's always people looking at you like you're a big star. You know, I want to be close to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially women, when they see guys on stage, they're they they're attracted to them. You know, the Lord could have saved us from affairs, divorce, all that kind of stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. you just never know, Mm -hmm. but I believe he did. And so we knew that time had come for us to, uh, with no record label, uh, with no, our management left us at the same time. Our booking agency dropped us at the same time. We just saw the handwriting on the wall that it was time to call it quits. And we thought, you know, could we go back to more of a Southern gospel kind of thing and start wearing slacks and matching suits and ties coats well not that far but anyway <laughs> we were like you know what we've this is the kind of music we we love to do and it just don't fit over there we kind of we kind of had to uh not we didn't do any more southern gospel concerts because we were too too country and with our dress and our you know of course our hair was longer and everything and it just didn't fit that that uh style now the people the fans still loved it Mm-hmm. But the industry just, you know, they were, they were like, eh, we don't really want you to part of our industry. We mm-hmm. want to do what we do. You go do what you want to do, which there wasn't really an industry for what we did. I mean, there was hardly any radio airplay. It was just hard, hard to make it back then. So we knew that it was time to just call it quits and just everybody just kind of go do their separate things. So uh, I'd only been married about uh, three years, almost three years at the time. And my wife and I were talking about starting to have kids, starting to have a family. And, and so I, you know, when mid South got off the road, uh, I had a guy at my church that owned a direct mail business. And, uh, I was working there part time when I was home off the road, 
uh, in his mail business. So when the opportunity came, he, he hired me full time, which I'm very grateful for. So I kind of started there and I got more involved uh, in my church. Uh, I started running the sound. We just had just built uh, a new facility, a big building of seat about 2,500 people. And we had a huge sound system in there and, and it had a crew and everything. And so I was in charge of all that. I was put in charge of all that. It was a big responsibility. We had a lot of events that uh, like Dave Ramsey would come in. There would be concerts that would come in and I would be in charge of all the sound and everything, make sure everything was good for all those. So it was a big job for me. And, uh, but you know, that, that love of music and, and traveling and singing was, was still there. It never left me. And so, uh, about uh, 2003, I was turning 40 years old in 2003. That'll tell you how old I am now. <laughs> mm-hmm. My wife put it together a surprise birthday party for me. And, uh, I mean, there was about 100 people there. And all most of the guys that I traveled with the last, uh, the last 10 years before that with Mid-South were there. And uh, she, there was a stage set up and, you know, drums, guitars, keyboards, sound system. We were going to have a little mini Mid-South concert in my birthday. So everybody got up there and we started singing those old songs and really had a lot of fun. Well, two of the guys that I used to travel with, uh, Kent Humphrey and his brother Jason, there at the end, they kind of hung around after everybody was leaving and and they said, "Let's. we want to talk to you for a little bit. So they pulled me aside. We started talking. They said, we really want to start traveling again and singing. And I said, I do too. And, and, uh, they said, let's, let's start a new group. So we did. And, uh, it was called heritage road, which was mid South reincarnated kind of same guys. And, uh, so we did that for about three years. And, uh, you know, during that, those three years, I was, you know, I was thinking that I would kind of like to, this one, it wasn't full time, by the way, it was just part time. I wanted to, I still wanted to go full time. And at that time I got a new job. I was working, which you're not going to believe this, but uh, there was another man in my church that offered me a job uh, driving a uh, bush hog tractor, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I had never driven a tractor before in my life. And he wanted to put a chainsaw in my hand and start cutting trees. And I'm like, I have never done that kind of, you know, the only kind of wood I've had in my hand is a guitar. I'm, <laughs> But he said, oh, you'll learn, you'll learn real quick. And I'm, I'm going to pay you this amount of money. And it was more money than I've ever made in my life. And I'm like, well, okay. So I took the job and started doing that. But you know what? It just wasn't me, even though the money was good and it was for a season, I still wanted to travel and sing. So I told my wife, I said, uh, you know, I'm just afraid to try to do something on my own because I've never been by myself. I've never had to do any of the booking. I've never had to do the, any of the talking on stage. Uh, you know, I've never had to do the management. All that was done by somebody else in the group that I was with. And all I had to do was show up with my bass guitar, uh, put my stuff on the bus. I'd have to drive the bus, you know, get to the church, unload, set up, sing, load it back in the bus, take off at the bus again, do it all over again. I never had to do any of the other stuff. So the thought of that was just kind of terrifying to me and, she said, well, why don't you just send out some emails and just see what kind of response you get? So I said, well, okay, I will. So I started sending out some emails and I started getting back some positive response. And they're like, yeah, we remember you with Mid-South and we'd love to have you come sing in our church. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. So the first trip 
was in Michigan. My great wife's state, from Michigan. Great, great state. Great state. Great. <laughs> uh, my wife's from Michigan, uh, Sturgis, Michigan area, if y'all know where that is. And uh, so her brother booked me at a restaurant there that he was working at in Sturgis. I was just going to entertain the people while they're eating and all that kind of stuff. So, so, uh, but then I, I, I booked a couple of churches for that same weekend. My, my cousin has a church in Muncie, Indiana. So I booked that church. And then another one of my wife's cousins uh, was going to a church. Her dad was going to another church. And so they booked me in there. So we did that weekend and, and uh, it was just, it was pretty awesome. I was afraid that I wasn't going to have anything to say. My program was going to be really short. I only had like five or six songs worked up and, uh, but I ended up, you know, doing the, especially the Sunday morning concert that I did. I was up there almost an hour and a half. Mm. So I guess I talked a lot, Uh, I didn't realize I could talk that much, but you're probably saying, well, you sure are talking a lot now, but you know, I've learned a lot since then. But anyway, it went so well that I, I thought, man, and the offerings were good. I sold a bunch of CDs and I thought, man, I think I can, I think I can do this. But you know what? On the way up there to that first weekend, we were driving through Indiana on the way to Michigan and, and the Lord was just dealing with me. And I looked in the van. I, I took the whole family cause we were going up to see the, the, the kinfolk up my wife's family up in Michigan. So I took the whole family. And at that time we had four kids me and my wife and I was sitting there driving the van and she was sitting over the passenger seat and looked back in the rear view mirror. And I could see all my kids sitting back there in their car seats. And, and the Lord spoke to me and he said, I don't want you to travel alone. I want you to take your family with you, make it a family ministry. Mm-hmm. And so I looked over at my wife and I said, what would you think if we did this as a family? And her eyes got real big. And I thought, She's going to let me have it. She's no way she's going to do this. But she said, you know what? I was just having that same thought. The Lord was dealing with her the same time he was dealing with me. Mm-hmm. And so from that point on, we traveled as a family, even though I was doing the majority of the singing, uh, I would get a couple of kids to come up and sing uh, a couple of songs during that time. This was back in the uh, January of 2008. My kids are just really little back then. And, uh, my wife would get up and, and talk a little bit, give a little testimony about our da- oldest daughter, Grace, that's uh, in a wheelchair. She's 21 years old now. She has cerebral palsy, and we had a lot of complications during her birth. So she kind of gave a testimony about uh, God's grace, the grace he gave us, plus the grace he gave us, <laughs> mm-hmm. Grace Bowen. And so uh, that's kind of where it all started, uh, and that's been, uh, this is our 12th year of traveling and doing that now and and God has just really blessed us and of course uh we've homeschooled all of our kids still are and we have five kids now if I move you can see all of them there whoops <laughs> you can see all my kids me and my we're kind of jumping jumping for joy right there but uh anyway uh two of my kids my oldest Grace and our oldest son Landis were in public school. Uh, right when we were getting started, I think Grace was in the second grade and Landis was getting ready to start first grade. I think he'd already started first grade. And uh, of course we had to take him out of public school with our road schedule, traveling schedule. It just wasn't going to work out that way. So we started homeschooling, which my wife was just like, 
totally against it first, but she knew that was the only way that we could do it. And, uh, but now we wouldn't trade it for nothing. We wouldn't, we would never go back to public school. And, uh, so two of our kids have graduated already from high school. And, uh, this one, you can't see her. That one's next to me right there. She's 17 years old. She sings with me, travels with me and plays the mandolin. This has a great voice good musician and uh she's uh she's in her uh, 11th year of school she'll be graduating next year and then this one that one right there is 14 years old she sings and plays the fiddle and uh she's got uh what three or four more three or four more years to go and then uh our youngest is right there in the middle of the black shirt he's in the third grade now his name is justice he plays guitar and sings as well so that's what we've been doing, and uh, so that kind of sums up what happened and where we are today. You know, Bobby, um, my family does something very similar to yours in a way. <clears throat> we go around to churches and conferences, and I talk about family and parenting, and we talk about marriage and sometimes homeschooling, different topics. I preach at churches. Um, I'm a little different from you in the sense that um, I think there are some places that would pay me not to sing. So, uh, so it's a little bit different in that I don't have an itinerant music ministry. I have an itinerant speaking ministry, but besides what we do professionally, our lifestyle is fairly similar. And uh, with us, we, we travel around in a 15 passenger van. And a few years back, we got us a a cargo trailer. Mm -hmm. um, And we we drove that for a few years. And then we, uh, we got a bigger cargo trailer because we realized that we, we needed double axle because we were pulling too much weight. And uh, yeah. so, so now we have like a 7 by 14 uh, cargo trailer behind our 15-passenger bus. And we stay in homes. We stay um, in hotels uh, a lot. We, we eat a lot of fast food. Yeah. We, we, we eat way more fast food than I would like. Right. Um, <clears throat> you know, we try to figure out ways to make – you know, make food uh, cost-effective and healthy on the road, <laughs> neither of which works very well. Um, but what's funny is people meet us at conferences, and one of the things they always say to us is, it must be so much fun traveling together as a family and having your family on the road. Now, I don't want to speak for you, um, so I'll just let you respond to that, and then maybe I'll chime in with my perspective. But uh, what would you say? What do you say when people say that to you? You know, oh, it's just it must be so much fun to travel as a family across the country. Well, it it can be. I mean, just just imagine uh, packing up your vehicle every week, every weekend, and going on a vacation, a family vacation. You know how, you know that can be kind of hard to do all the packing. Of course, my wife would take care of all that for the kids and everything. I just pack my own stuff, which I can do in about five minutes, throw it in a bag and go. But uh, just think of doing that every weekend, you know, packing for a vacation uh, and taking five kids along with you. Just, just think in your case, 10 kids. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Although uh, our oldest is no longer traveling with us. So we have have nine that would still go on the road with us. And then my sister, Sony travels with us as well. Okay. Uh, She lives with our family and she handles all my bookings because I'm not any good at that. 
Uh, I just am not. I wish I didn't have to do it. <laughs> I know, man. It's, it's brutal. I'm, I'm always impressed with uh, the, the booking and negotiate that. But. The booking and the actual driving mm-hmm. is what I wish I didn't have to do. You know, if I didn't have to do those things, it'd be piece of cake, man. I don't mind the driving so much, but partly probably because I'm a control freak. <laughs> well, I am too. And uh, I would rather drive than ride. I'm just that way. But, Especially uh, the older when I, like my 16-year-olds behind the wheel. <laughs> yeah, the older I, I get. safer with me doing it. The older I get, the long, those long drives, you know, coming back oh, sure. from Florida, you know, 13, sure. 14 hours back home to Tennessee. It's like, oh, man, sure. by the time I get home, I am just wore out. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The older you get it, you know, it definitely takes a toll on you. I guess my perspective with that family thing, and uh, I'm, I'm changing in this, but um, the difference between, you know, going on a family vacation every weekend and what I do is that we don't vacation, we work. Right. And so, especially at the venues with what I do, uh, yours is a little different because you found a way to incorporate your children into the music, which is right. wonderful. And I want to talk about that too. But with what I do, I'm up front and sometimes my wife and I are up front, but that means we've got nine children running around a convention center somewhere. We have no idea where they are, what they're doing. <laughs> we hope the older ones are somehow <laughs> watching the younger ones and we figure they're probably getting into trouble and we'll probably be kicked out of the convention at some point. Uh, but, but I'm not interacting with my children that much, especially at the large conventions, uh, even if they're there. And so it's, it's an interesting thing for us, this, the packing and unpacking, loading and unloading, dragging out all the gear, setting everything up. You know, you have the instruments and all that for us. You know, we have all these book tables and product that we, we take and, uh, you know, so I have had to learn myself how to take time and stop and smell the roses on the road. And for a lot of years, I didn't do that. I just went from event to event to event and the way we booked it. I mean, man, I would just book seminars every night if I could. Yeah. And part of that's financial, right? You have to maximize right. your your potential because um, what you guys do is very similar to what we do. When we do seminars, they're always free. We don't charge the church for our events. We don't charge people to attend. Right. Um, right. We sell product and we put out. You know, and I'm I'm at the point now, you know, where I don't even. This just me, totally just me. I don't have a problem with anybody else doing it a different way. I don't even like passing a plate. So I just put a box on the table in the back, which means we get less, you know, in terms of donations. True. Yeah. But, um, but I just, um, you know, we just do free events and you guys do that with your concerts. They're always free wheel offering and people can just, you know, give if it blesses them. And, but it's hard to make a living that way. It really is. You, you are living by faith when that you do sure. that. You're trusting that God's going to provide for you. And, you know, there are churches, you may go do a whole concert and you make 150 bucks that night. I mean, does that even pay your gas in your hotels? It doesn't. And your food. I mean, so you you, you have to kind of, you know, maximize as many events in as you possibly can. And what I find is um, when I just think, and I'm also a workaholic by by nature and nurture, I think. I just, um, I'm geared towards that. I love working. But I'm actually trying to reform in that department because I see how much my kids need to be able to have fun with me. Right. My wife, you know, she's naturally 
geared towards, you know, look, taking a map and looking at everything that's going to be on the way and stopping and saying, Hey, this is nearby, like that's nearby. So, so how do you, how do you guys do yeah. that? Do you, uh, do you find ways to incorporate, you know, road schooling and educational opportunities and, and fun and all that uh, in your travels? Or are you like me and it's kind of like work, 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 work. I am, I am that way a lot. And uh, when we first started traveling, first five years or so, we, we purposely tried to see, especially for history, you know, mm -hmm. uh, when we'd go to Virginia, of course, Virginia is full of, oh, yeah. you know, history, presidents' homes, and, you know, uh, Civil War, Revolutionary War, all kinds of things. Uh, we purposely tried to make time to go visit those places. And, and let the kids see those places that they would read about in the books, which a lot of kids never do. They All they see is what they read in pictures. They never mm -hmm. go to actual spots. So we tried to do that, and uh, especially when the kids were real little. But it seems like the older they've gotten and the older I get, the less I want to, you know, mess around. <laughs> I'm like you. I, when I leave the home, when I leave the house, I want to get there as soon as I can. I don't want to stop anywhere and, and look at everything. I want to get to to uh, my destination and get in the hotel room or whatever and rest and then get ready for the service either that night or the next morning. And uh, so that's kind of the way I am now, but we have, we've been to a bunch of president's homes. We've, we've been to, uh, you know, a lot of the national monuments uh, across the country. Just anytime we're around those areas uh, still, you know, we still try to try to make time to, to do that because those are, you got to make memories along the way. And uh, those are the kind of things that'll stick in your kids' minds the rest of their life. You know, my dad took me to that when I was 10 years old, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that they're going to carry on to their children, you Absolutely. know, when they have children one of these days. So let me ask you this question. How do you, how did you get your children to work with you in the music side of this? Because um, there are some children who are naturally bent toward music and there are some who are not, um, there are some children who can do music, but it's not necessarily their love. It's not necessarily right. the thing that they, they want to do. But so what's the balance for you as a parent in terms of your approach to teaching your children music and that, how do you, how do you balance, um, them, you know, wanting to encourage them in music without driving them in music if they just aren't into it? Well, uh, they all have a God-given uh, talent that the Lord's given them, a musical talent. And uh, so that wasn't, we didn't have to teach them. You didn't have reluctance? No, not not, not when they were little, little kids at first. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, uh, they, they wanted to get on stage and they wanted to sing and they wanted to play their instruments. And especially, you know, when, when so, a little grandma comes up, oh, what? Uh, Sonny, your little girl, I really enjoyed your music tonight. I really enjoyed your singing. You're so pretty. You sing so good. They, you know, they love, everybody loves praise, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. My son, when he was about, my oldest son, when he was about uh, seven or eight years old, you know, I, I wanted him to come up and he was learning to play the guitar and I wanted him to come up and play his guitar and sing. And he was like, I don't want to, I don't want to. Well, my other two daughters would get up and do a little couple of songs and, he would just sit there, you know, he wouldn't come up on stage. And so I told him, I said, okay, I'll give you $20. If you'll come 
up and sing a song. And so he did. I gave him the 20 bucks. We went to another place to sing. And he said, you going to give me another $20? I get up and sing. I said, no, that was a one-time thing. But Yeah, dad will go know. broke doing that every night. Exactly. That's all we got in the offer was 20 bucks. I ain't going to give it to you. Right. But, uh, but anyway, he, you know, like I said, when, when the people started to come up to him and saying, I really enjoyed your singing, young man. You need to sing more. He, he liked that. He liked that praise. So eventually, you know, he started getting up and doing it more. And eventually the three kids began to sing together as a trio and he had played guitar and, and my 17 year old would play a player mandolin and the other one play the fiddle and they would do, you know, instrumentals and they would sing and it just really sound good and played good together. So it took a little time uh, to get him really involved, but the more time has gone on, it's, it's more, uh, it's not the passion that I've always had as a kid and what I still have today. It's not the same passion in there, even though they still want to do music. It's not, they still, you know, kids, when they get in their teen years, they're trying to figure out who they are, That's right. what they're supposed to do. You know, when they get older, when they get out of the house, That's they've right. got to go through all those, you know, every little shiny thing is attracted to them. That's right. And uh, they got to figure out what they want to do and what I want to do. What I want them to do may not be the same thing what they want to do. I hear you. Which uh, it kind of, you know, it hurts me a little bit because I want them to have that same passion that I had when I was their age. Mm -hmm. And I tell them a lot of times because sometimes they'll, we'll get ready to go on a trip and, and uh, they'll say, do we have to go this weekend? Can't we stay home? We want to stay home and be at church with our friends. And I, you know, I understand that. I get that. And I'm like, no, I, I need you. I need you. And, I, you know, I'm not going to be able to keep them forever. That's you know, they're going to go get married and start having their own families. And they're not going to just stay with dad all the time. I have to face that reality that that's going to happen someday. But uh, I do believe that uh, God did put that music in them. And uh, I believe that they'll, even though they're not traveling with me, I believe they will be involved in some kind of music ministry or some kind of ministry uh, whether it's a worship leader in a church or even traveling with another group or something, you know, or marrying somebody that's an evangelist or something like that. I mm -hmm. believe they're, I believe they will definitely stay in the ministry somewhere. What advice would you give to parents who have a child that they feel has some aptitude, some gifting toward music? Um, just what's the balance between encouraging them to do their best, but, but not pushing them to the point that they hate it or, that, or, or especially for those maybe who feel like you did as a young person, just the desire, like, I would just love to do this as a career. You know, people often uh, write to me and they say, man, how do, how do I become an author? And I usually say, do you have any other skills or is there anything else that you can do? Because if so, just do that other thing. Yeah. You know, if you know how to pick up cans on the side of the road, you're going to make more money than you're going to make as an author. So I'm just, well, just going to strongly encourage you, just don't go down that road. But, you know, but then, but then I usually say, but, you know, if you if you just can't, this is bad grammar, but if you just can't not do it, yeah, like you just have to do this, then right. do it. And yeah. I think there are some people that God puts that into. But then there are other people, like you said, that, you know, they're not going to make a full-time living out of it. They just want to, they just enjoy it. And, you know, maybe it's with family and friends or singing in a nursing home or you know, doing special music on Sundays or Wednesday nights or whatever. But what advice would you give for the parent who has this, this child who has an interest in music? What are some things they can do to 
help cultivate and nourish that, which without uh, pushing their kid too hard to where it becomes a drudgery. Well, you, you said it. I mean, if you push them too hard and it's, it's gotta be something that's a passion in them. It's gotta be something that they're desiring to do because if it's something that you want them to do or you did it yourself and you're like, like me, and of course we all want our kids to be better than us. We want them to achieve things that we never got to achieve. And so we want them to be, we want them to be us actually, and just kind of at a, at a higher degree. And so, but uh, it has to be something that they feel called to do or they have a passion for. Uh, if you push them too hard, it's going to, they're going to go the other way. That's just human nature, mm-hmm. uh, especially in kids. They'll, they'll rebel a lot of times, mm-hmm. but uh, if they do have the, the talent, uh, encourage, encouragement and praise is the best thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and pray for them and, and ha- tell them to pray and ask God what they want. He wants them to do with the talent that he gave them. Uh, you know, there's so many people, especially in Nashville, Tennessee, that uh, they're, they're on the street corners and they got their little guitar and they're sitting there singing and playing guitar down on music row. And uh, they're great musicians, great singers, but they never get discovered. Mm-hmm. They'll live in their cars. They'll sell everything they've got and live in their car and try to try to get discovered. And maybe one out of a thousand that come down there, somebody will hear them and say, Hey, uh, this guy sounds pretty good. You ought to check him out. And it might work for him. It may not. But, uh, like you said, have a backup plan just in case, <laughs> learn something else just in case, you know, I had to, I had to do that. I mean, I, I would just play music and sing the rest of my life. That's what I plan to do. But our plans aren't always God's plans. You know, mm-hmm. he has, he always has plans for us that we don't, a lot of times we don't even know about. It's true. And, and, uh, and seasons too. It is, yeah. Seasons. And so I went through that season where I had to, I had to give it all up. Something that I'd lived for and worked for all my life. I had to give it up. And uh, especially if I wanted to survive, you know, to make a living, which a lot of people think that, when I was with Mid-South that we were just rolling in the dough because you know, we had all the success. We had a bus. We were singing with these big groups, you know, we had records, we had songs on CMT. We, they, we must be making a killing, but that wasn't the case. That's Most right. of our money were, was going to somebody else. That's you know, right. We were paying other people and insurance people don't and know payments. That. And the people do not realize how we had, uh, we had you to can s- make, how well known you can be and how little money you can be making proportionally. Exactly. And so we, by the time we paid everybody else, we had hardly anything left to pay ourselves. So a lot of times, and then when a bus engine would go out, man, I get paid for two or three weeks, you know, Mm -hmm. just, you just never know. But, uh, I went through that season when I, when we finally gave it up that I knew that you've got to, you've got to get a regular job, you know, but the Lord blessed me with two back to back that I was making more money with them than I ever did singing. And, uh, but now as we travel as a family, which makes it a whole lot easier, you talk about not charging and doing love offerings. And you, it is a leap of faith to do mm-hmm. something like that, especially when you've got a big family, especially your, your size family. And uh, it's a leap of faith. But you know what? It makes, it makes it easier to do when it's just a family. Now, when you've got two or three, four guys, five guys traveling together, they've all got families. Yeah. 
and you have to pay every one of them out of what you get, it makes it hard. makes it hard to do. Yeah, that's right. You take up an offering of $500 that night, split it five ways. hundred bucks a piece. Then you got to take the expenses and everything out of that first. You you gas on a bus, man. Exactly. So So it doesn't leave you much, but as a family, it all goes in your family, goes to your family. So that makes it a whole lot easier to, to do. So for people that are listening who want to consider having you sing and minister at their church, uh, what are some ways that they can get in touch with you? Well, we have a website, uh, bobbybowen.com, B-O-B-B-Y-B-O-W-E-N.com. All of our contact information is on there. We have videos. We have uh, songs that you can listen to and download and, and purchase CDs and things like that. We have a contact page on there. You can contact me. Uh, our phone number's on there also. We have uh, several Facebook pages. Uh, Bobby Bowen Family Band is our business page. We have a music page, Bobby Bowen Family Music. It's a group page. And then we all have uh, individual personal uh, Facebook pages. Bobby Bowen, my wife Becky Bowen is on there. And my kids are on there as well. Uh, we have a YouTube channel uh, that uh, we have a lot of videos up on. I mean, we're just all over the place. If you Google my name, you're going to, you're going to, it's going to bring me up. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and tell us about your new podcast. Well, I started something during this shutdown thing and it wasn't really planned that way. It was just something that I thought I saw. Uh, I don't know if anybody's out there familiar with Mark Lowry, that he's a mm-hmm. Christian comedian. He travels, used to be on the Gaither vocal band and mm-hmm. uh, he's been around for many, many years. Funny guy, real funny guy. I was, uh, it was either on YouTube or Facebook. I was looking not too long ago and he, he started a little talk show thing and he would, he, it was a video uh, talk show that was on YouTube and Facebook and he had people in gospel music and stuff that he was, wasn't really interviewing, but they were just talking and, you know, funny stuff and just having fun. And, and I thought, you know, I ought to try something like that and get people in the music business and just cause a lot of people, when they see you on stage, you may have a testimony, you may talk about, you know, some of the things you've done in the past, but they really don't go real deep into where you came from and what your influences were and how you got started in music, music business and, and just stuff like that. So people are interested in, in knowing people's stories. So I thought, well, I want to try something like that and just see how it goes. So, uh, I mean, I was just doing them bam, 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 one, one every day seemed like, and I was getting people interested in letting me interview them, which I'm not really an interview person. I'm, I'm, I used to be on the other side of the mic, but, uh, so far the people that I've gotten, uh, they had no problem talking. (laughs) I don't hardly have to ask any questions, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting stuff, even stuff that I never knew about, uh, from these, these artists that I've known for years, but I really didn't know their real, their background, where they came from, what they've been through some of the funny road stories, which we've all got. We can write books about them. It's just, uh, it's been a fun thing. It's very interesting. It's called the Bobby Bowen show and it's on Facebook. If y'all want to check that out, I just did an interview uh, a couple days ago with Joel hip Hill, you know, used to be with the hip Hills. He's written so many songs and, uh, it was just an interesting thing to hear how he got started and where he came from and where he is today. Uh, he lost his wife a few years ago, uh, Labriska cancer. His kids are doing well. Uh, his two sons have had a bus uh, business since 1990 and it's done really well. I mean, they're leasing buses out just to 
everybody in rock music and country music and their daughter candy uh has a a homeless ministry in nashville it's a, called the bridge they go down every week i think on thursdays they deliver food they set up a sound system they have uh singing preaching for the homeless people that live under the bridge jefferson street bridge in nashville and there's usually hundreds of them down there and they minister to those people and they have won a lot of those people to the Lord. So it's a really cool uh, interview. If you want to check that out, it's Bobby Bo the Bobby Bowen show on Facebook. There's a lot of merchandise they can get on your website. They can get downloads of audios from mid South from Bobby Bowen family band. There's CDs for those who want a physical product. There's great, t-shirts, uh, great swag <laughs> like this, uh, the t-shirts and, uh, just a, a lot of, uh, of great resources there. Make sure you get on Bobby's mailing list too, because that's important for you to know when he's in your area, because uh, he travels so much right. as I do. And he oftentimes will probably be in, in your area and you can visit. And just one thing I'll say is from a church standpoint, and we probably have pastors that are listening to the podcast as well. Um, a concert is a great opportunity to refresh your congregation to just give everybody a chance to kind of unwind, relax. It gives your staff some time. It gives the pastor some time to just sit back yourself and just kind of be rejuvenated. And um, and so to, to be able to bring them in is a, a great ministry to your church, but it's also a great evangelistic outreach because there are people who will come and hear a concert, especially if they like country music. Uh, they'll come to a concert and they wouldn't come to a sermon. But right. they're going to come and they're going to, you know, meet Bobby and his family, meet your church family. Um, they're going to meet people who love Jesus and that are, are kind. And, you know, I think sometimes people have a, a misconception about what church people are like. You know, they're all mean yeah. or surly or whatever. And most church people aren't like that. I've met a few that are. That aren't. Oh, yeah. There's, there's, <laughs> You've there's met some exceptions out there. <laughs> there's some out there. But for the most part, you know, God's people, uh, they're, they're imperfect, but they're, yeah. there's some wonderful, just sweet, godly people out there. And, you know, this gives church an opportunity to have an outreach to the community as well. And uh, the great thing, again, about having Bobby and his family um, come and minister at your church is that you don't have to, well, I'll just use an illustration. I was part of a really small church for about eight years, and uh, our pastor told me that uh, a well-known Christian musician contacted him and said that he was going to be in our area, and he just felt led that he should contact the pastor and offer to lead worship and preach on Sunday morning. And the pastor was flattered by that, you know, because we have a small congregation. Um, and so he wrote back and said, well, you know, I, I do think I should give you full disclosure. We have a really small church family here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we would love that. I mean, we would be blessed by that. And the guy wrote back and said, well, that'd be great. I'm going to need $5,000 in advance. And uh, <laughs> he wrote back and said, well, you know, I think you're going to feel led somewhere else because yeah. we don't have that budget. And so exactly. this is a great opportunity for you to get yeah, a God on quality music concert. that's not going to cost you five grand. I have never, I've never done anything like that before. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, I doubt he, 
I doubt he got the 5,000 anywhere else. Probably not in our area, there. not in Southwest Michigan. I'm sure there's yeah. some places that might fork that over somewhere, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be rural Southwest Michigan. That's not the places sure. I've contacted. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bob, Bobby's like, I need to find out who, who is, uh, who his list is of, of churches that actually will do that. Call them. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> if I could get one church to do that a month, I could just take out the rest That's of them. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, brother, it's a blessing, uh, always a blessing to connect with you and your wonderful family. Uh, we appreciate you. And uh, Bobby blessed our family recently uh, during this COVID-19 crisis. Um, he and his family had a benefit concert online, a live Facebook concert. And it was a fundraiser that they used to benefit our ministry, Family Renewal. And they were able to raise like $500 in one night. Uh, to help our family, because some of you know, you know, this is a, a loss of revenue for our family being off the road. Right. Uh, but also, we have a daughter who has Lyme disease, and we have, you know, a lot of uh, medical expense and things there yeah. as well. And so, Bobby and his family just, you know, out of the graciousness of their heart, decided in a time where they really have a need to bless our family. And so, you know, if you think about it, um, their family right now, when you hear this, hopefully COVID-19 will be over by the time you hear this, but they'll still Hope be so. recovering from that because they're, they're off the road and this is what they do full time. Uh, this is how they support their family. So you can donate to their ministry as well. And uh, if you go to their website, there's information how you can support their ministry on a monthly basis, on an ongoing basis. And we would encourage you to do that. They're just uh, great, wonderful people. And uh, encourage you to check out what they do. So, Bobby, thank you. Say hi to your family, and uh, maybe we'll have you back on in the future. Sounds good, Israel. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, your family's not so bad your, yourself. You know, you got a great family too. Appreciate what you're doing. Uh, you know, uh, going to these homeschool conventions and, and speaking and uh, sharing your your heart and your experiences with your family about your family to other homeschool families is a blessing for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife has been reading one of your books uh, here lately and uh, about parenting homeschool family. And oh, uh, so she didn't get the one about how to fix your husband in 10 days. She didn't get that one. No, she's working on that one after this one. I'm afraid my wife would probably implement it. No, <laughs> let me, let me tell you, let me tell you something real, real quick before I get off. It's okay. Yeah, you're yeah. talking about us doing the fundraiser for your family. Mm. Uh, we were, you know, when this whole shutdown happened and we knew all of our dates were getting canceled. Uh, the first thing you naturally do as a human, you know, you start kind of like, well, what are we going to do? You know, this is how we make our living. We don't, I don't have a, people say, do you have a job when you get home? I said, yep. I'm on the, on the computer trying to book dates, manage the family and all the other husbandly and fatherly things I have to do. When I'm home, that's a job, you know, and then I have to go out and do my job when I go out. And uh, so when that all, all that stuff started canceling and shutting down, and I was like, hmm. so I said, well, I guess we're going to try to do a Facebook live concert and uh, we'll ask people to make donations and buy CDs and things like that. And that same day I got an email from you and you were talking about how the shutdown, you know, most of your income comes from these homeschool conventions. And it was like a big chunk of your income for the year was gone. And so I just felt like the Lord was dealing with me about that. And I I told my wife, I said, uh, 
Well, we, whatever we get in tonight, I just feel like the Lord wants us to share it with uh, Israel's family. Mm. And uh, she agreed. You know, she mm. didn't say, no, we need to keep it for ourselves. You know, she didn't mm. do that. She mm. agreed. And I said, boy, Lord, I hope it's more than $50 because <laughs> I'd feel kind of dumb sending them 25 bucks, you know, and, mm. but it wasn't, I mean, people, it was over, you know, around a thousand dollars that people donated to us. And I told them up front what we were doing with the money. And, uh, I felt like, I feel like the Lord, because of our obedience and because we, we blessed your family after that money started coming in, people started sending checks People started buying stuff on our website. I've been going to the post office every day, mailing out T-shirts and CDs, and people have been just donating. We we started, uh, there was a church in Ohio that asked us to do uh, a Facebook concert on their church Facebook page, and uh, they sent us some money to do it, and it was for a Sunday night, and that gave me an idea, and I thought, well, why can't we do that on other church Facebook pages? Mm-hmm. And, you know, ask them to make a hundred dollar donation or whatever. We'll, you know, we'll offer our CDs for sale mm-hmm. while we're doing. So we've done probably 20 of those That's since, great. since this thing's happened. And plus wow. we've done our own on our own Facebook pages Wow! and the Lord has just blessed us. Praise God. I mean, I've been busier than I've ever been. Praise God. He's blessed us financially. And I, I believe, I actually believe it's because we were obedient to what he told us to do with wow. your family. Wow. And so that may encourage somebody out there. Maybe you're thinking, cause you know, I've contacted a lot of uh, churches to try to do these Facebook things and even try to book a date further down the road in their church in person. And I've heard a lot of pastors say that their income has gone way down since this things happened because people, because they're not actually going to the building are not paying their tithe. They're not giving in the offerings. They're not paying online. They're not sending a check in. Mm-hmm. One guy in Texas told me he didn't know what he was going to do. He was going to have to close the doors. He was going to have to buy, find him a job because there was no income coming in from the people. And that's sad. You know, people, I'm not going to pay, you know, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people that's lots of people have lost their jobs. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are wondering how in the world am I going to make it? How am I going to pay the rent? How am I going to pay the electricity? How am I going to buy groceries? As long as you stay obedient. I'm not preaching the name it, claim it thing. A lot of of preachers do. But I am saying that if you obey the Lord and pay your tithe and give an offerings and you bless another ministry, he will open up the windows of heaven and he'll bless you more than you imagine and that's exactly what's happened to us praise god i encourage people out there don't give to my ministry give to his ministry israel waynes because he's got a whole lot more kids than i do and he can't actually go on facebook and and sing he could try i don't know (laughs) how well it would be received but he can't actually do what i've been doing and getting donations that way and selling stuff he can sell stuff but uh he needs a blessing. Mm. Like you said, he's got, he's got a daughter that's uh, been in and, in and out of the hospital. Uh, they need some help. So don't send any money to us, send it to them. Okay. 
Well, go ahead and send some too. But <laughs> oh, you can buy a CD, but uh, you know, if you're going to send a donation, send it to Israel's family because they. Well, do. we 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 appreciate you. Good word there, brother. I appreciate that because I think there's a need sometimes for us to to realize that God can do more than what we can do. Exactly. You know, when we think of our capacity, we get discouraged and we get afraid. Yeah. But God's not limited by our capacity, and so. I think you guys uh, live that walk of faith and uh, just even having this conversation hopefully has inspired some other families to, to live that walk of faith as well. And uh, so appreciate you guys. And uh, till we, till we meet again at, at a real event somewhere. Um, Can't wait. <laughs> we'll, we'll just, we'll just continue to keep in touch with you via Facebook. Sounds great. Bless Thanks you. Israel. Appreciate you very much. All right. Thank you for listening to this audio presentation. For more information on Family Renewal, the writing and speaking ministry of Brooke and Israel Wayne, please visit FamilyRenewal.org.